0: And Samantha. And welcome to Stephon Never Told You, production of iHeartRadio. And welcome to another segment of fictional women around the world, our segment, sub-segment, as I like to call it. For today's episode, since Falcon and the Winter Soldier just finished, or kind of just finished, and the theories are rampant... We're gonna do a primer on Sharon Carter with no spoilers, um, or at least probably not. And we are focusing mainly on the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, less the comics. Um, And I did start working on this before the finale. I have now seen the finale, but it's just it's kind of funny because I was gonna, I was trying to like catch the wave So everyone was speculating about the show at the time. But then we had to postpone it because I had to talk about Star Wars because it was Star Wars Day. So it got delayed a month and now I'm like, well, I've kind of missed the wave and we're also trying not to spoil people. So it's an interesting (laughs) intersection that we're at right now. Right. Yes, but people are still, they're still talking about it. They still got theories. And as we've said before, the Marvel universe and multiverse can get real wacky. And every character has multiple retcons or reincarnations by different creators or almost every character. And yeah, we're going to stick to the movies and shows for this particular episode.
1: So in the MCU, Sharon Carter is played by Emily Van Camp, and she was first introduced in Captain America, the Winter Soldier. She was a nurse Liar. Yeah. And then she <laughs> reappeared in Civil War and is on the Disney Plus show Falcon and the Winter Soldier. She is the great niece of Peggy Carter, a founder and creator of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, something she kept hidden because she felt the pressure of her living up to her was too high. She also looked up to her Aunt Peggy and wanted to be like her from a young age. Yeah, she tells the story of getting her first uh, thigh holster. Despite her mother's protest, Carter joined S.H.I.E.L.D. due to the encouragement of her great aunt. Oh.
0: Yes, and during the Winter Soldier movie, she worked undercover under Nick Fury's direction, yes, as the nurse, to keep an eye on Steve Rogers' Captain America. She says, like, for protection, but I also felt like I was sort of, like, spying because they yes. weren't really sure what was up there. <laughs> Not a lot of subterfuge in that movie. When S.H.I.E.L.D. was proven to be infiltrated by HYDRA, she stuck by Captain America and S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, loyal to Fury and Steve Rogers, and her actions helped save millions of lives. And She did flirt a lot with Steve in this movie. And Steve asked her out, which she did turn down. Steve did not know she was related to Peggy, his first love. However, she did know that Aunt Peggy, at the very least, was like way into this guy at one point. (laughs) And yes, they did kiss in Civil War. So not in Winter Soldier, the next one they did. And uh, yeah, she says something like, you waited long enough or took you long enough, something like that. And uh, people have talked about this a lot. They've talked a lot about this moment, sometimes saying it was Steve's desire for a family life uh, because he didn't know about time travel then. He didn't know it was a chance that he could go back in time. Also, does that make him her great uncle? or Her uncle? I'm just saying. Well, I think it doesn't, based on how time travel works in these movies, Makes no sense. I know it doesn't make sense, but I I think that their <laughs> I don't like it. Is That's different. too close to related. It's true. It's true. I could be absolutely wrong. I just know that the way they did time travel in these movies is different than the way most every other movie right. I've seen has done time travel. And yeah, so he didn't know about time travel when they kissed. Sharon's adoration for Steve that she'd grown up with, hearing about him from her aunt Peggy, that maybe she'd kind of like absorbed that, which is also kind of messed up. And in in many ways, she was similar to Peggy. Uh. (laughs) I can't imagine Peggy would approve. I'm I'm just saying. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I do think this is a moment that a lot of people try to forget has happened. Yes. But they also fight about it a lot, which we're going to talk about more (laughs) in a minute. Yeah, it is odd when you consider all of the different aspects going on. And I don't know how old she's supposed to be or how old Emily Van Camp is, but it feels like there's an age... I mean, there's obviously the age difference of Steve Rogers is like... (laughs)
1: He's he's old at this point. He is literally senior
0: citizen at this point. Yeah, he spent a lot of that in ice, though. Still. (laughs) No, I'm with you. I'm just saying.
1: Yeah, so Emily Van Camp said about it, quote, you sort of trust and hope that it all makes sense in the end. I did have a few moments where I wondered, are we going too far with this? Uh, Should this be more of an amicable, friendly moment? Uh, I don't really know. I don't think any of us really knew. I don't think it's anyone's fault that it didn't totally work in terms of the story. I don't think anyone knew where that was headed or what we were going to do with the moment. It was a sweet moment as it
0: was, I guess. I, I saw a lot of articles... I don't want to say this is a backhanded compliment because that's not really the right term, but we're like, she's handled it really well. She's handled, like, when people ask her about it, she's handled, like, very diplomatically, I guess. And certainly we've read stories, and I'm struggling to think of an example right now, but I know I've read stories of, like, a vampire who, like, loves... It's usually a male vampire, loves this woman. She ages and dies because she's mortal, and then falls in love with the daughter, and it is weird. But it also kind of makes sense. But they're also monsters,
1: <laughs> not all vampires. So they're typically ones. thought of as monsters and or yes. like stealing youth and True. innocence. So there's a whole True. level of like because the other thing I just thought about honestly was Hook. That's mm-hmm. that same. I don't have you ever oh, seen Hook? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Moira, so mm-hmm. Wendy and Peter Pan. They were together. She grows old and Peter Pan comes to get her, finds the daughter, no, the granddaughter, this is the granddaughter, her granddaughter yeah. and falls in love with her and decides to stay for her. But I always thought that was creepy too.
0: Yeah. I think it's hard to reconcile. I, I feel like there's a part of me that gets it because on one level, it does make sense. <laughs> not, not necessarily, I don't know. Like, I feel like sometimes you can feel an attraction for someone that is not romantic but you feel it because it reminds you of something. Okay, some person. So sentimental. Yeah, and you might confuse it for something that it's not. And it okay. still feels weird. But I don't know. I guess I can. it makes sense to me on some level. Right. That there would be something, you know? Yeah, I guess it's,
1: to me it's kind of how they try. MCU is like, oh, look, see there's romance. Like, yeah. It just seemed
0: forced and unnecessary. Yeah, that's how I felt. It, uh, to me, it felt like, oh my god, we've got to get some romance in here. There's not that many ladies to choose from. We've really already, Black Widow's got her own thing. And she was like, our one lady. So here's this one. <laughs> she happens to be related to that other lady. <laughs> what that you loved. But hey, <laughs> that, is, that is how it felt to me. Yeah, and I mean, that's also a problem that we talked about when we did our WandaVision spoiled episode that I think the MCU has not necessarily their fault, because there is a lot going on, a lot of storylines, but that means that sometimes it's suddenly like, oh, yes, Wanda and Vision are in love, and we have not done anything but just tell you that they're in love. There's no <laughs> right. like build up or anything. It's just <laughs> like, uh-huh. they're just together. See? Yes, exactly. <laughs> I think romance in general in these movies kind of suffers from that issue. All right, but back to the kind of plot. When S.H.I.E.L.D. was dissolved, Sharon joined the CIA and was instrumental in helping Cap in his search for Bucky after he was accused of bombing the Vienna. International Center, even returning the equipment to the on-the-run Captain America and his companions during the Avengers Civil War, forcing her to go on the run as well and earning her the label Enemy of State. This is also when, yeah, said kiss with Captain America happened. She said late. That's what it was. She said damn right when he said that was a little late. hmm <laughs> Yeah,
1: exactly. So, and <laughs> it's at this point, uh, Steve did know she was related to Peggy. Uh, She, who, Peggy had died earlier in the movie. Sharon spoke at the funeral and kind of giving Steve a pep talk during it.
0: Yes. Uh, And I I like that speech, but it always reminds me of the joke, like, make like a tree and get out of here. Make (laughs) like a tree and leave. Right. Because she's like, make like a tree and plant, don't move, say you move. And I always think, make like a tree and leave. (laughs) (laughs) It's the opposite of what she's going for. (laughs) So this is how she ended up in Madripoor and Falcon and the Winter Soldier. There's no extradition there. She was believed to have died in the snap, which worked in her favor, but it was hard on her. She couldn't contact her family or friends. She harbors anger that the Avengers didn't help her. It's definitely more outwardly cynical than we last saw her. She calls the whole hero thing a joke. She had to work in the black market to make a living, though she did say, I thought if I had to hustle, might as well enjoy the life of a real hustler. Eventually, Sam Wilson, Captain America, got her a pardon for her help. Uh, we'll stop there, spoiler wise. That's spoiler. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> mm-hmm. a little spoiler, but no spoiler. <laughs> yeah.
1: So she's very smart, adaptive, strategic, tactical, quick on her feet. Obviously bilingual. All spies need this, right? Ambitious yeah. and excels in subterfuge and combat and weapons training. Yeah. Uh, somehow she was able to go through that whole scene yeah. of fighting. And she was pretty bad. At mm-hmm. Later, we see she is good at reading people and being manipulative and also just real lethal. Mm -hmm. She's very loyal up and to a point, and her time on the run has definitely hardened her.
0: Yeah. In general, I will say her storylines have been controversial. People have a lot of thoughts, as they do, about Marvel stuff. Oh wow! Yes. Yeah. I know, Exactly. Yeah. We'll see where this goes. But yeah, people often do have these really strong opinions in this fandom and about women in this fandom, <laughs> and especially women going for what they want. Which, yeah, I'm not signing off on the story necessarily or saying there wasn't there weren't issues and conversation to have. But you can't deny she goes after what she wants. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. yeah. Um, I think I think they have come to the point that at least they're making her a lot more interesting. Yes. But yeah. when asked about this controversy, the writer on the Falcon and the Winter Soldier said, "Quote: She'd been shut out by all the intelligence agencies, so that when she tried to make her overtures to come back, they tried to grab her and arrest her. So they forced her into being a criminal. She was discarded. She was betrayed
0: by the institutions that made her." Which was a big theme in that whole show, right? right. And yeah, and I, including Steve, including the past Captain America for someone like her who already had inferiority issues around her Aunt Peggy, that had to really suck. And that is really pretty terrible that he like kissed her and
1: then used her and then uh, he went for his bros, got them all (laughs) out, but sure didn't help her.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Which again, there's so many storylines in these. I get that, you know, sometimes it's not gonna all work out because she's not Avenger, but it do, it's like one of your few women, somebody, it, it makes her feel like a, yeah, just a tool that they use to have romance, and then she's gone. Right, which is pretty terrible. And I, I think that uh, she might maybe she's a burnt cinnamon roll. she's not quite, but she's close. She's got a similar, like she, ha- she had a lot more optimism and kind of this like really loyalty shining through. and then and last we saw her, she's much more cynical than previously <laughs> yes
1: yes she's also really quick to say let's kill people so that's true <laughs> that was at the well, beginning
0: that, yeah that is true and that's something that's always like with superhero movies where you're left wondering like are you knocking out all of these people or are they dead right is this are you leaving dead bodies all up in your wake <laughs> i mean it kind of seemed like it I know they usually with Captain America kind of went out of the way to be like he's not killing people, even right. though he probably would have been if we right. were not going by movie physics. But And that's also why I think the trope of aliens or robots as villains is so popular, because we don't feel as bad usually, unless they've really made you feel sympathetic toward the aliens. But you don't feel as bad as, as wow, did that superhero just murder like a hundred people? Right, right. <laughs> You're like,
1: wait, wait. Wait,
0: what? Hmm. (laughs) Well, that was the big thing with, uh, what was his name? John Walker. The kind of interim Captain America where he killed somebody very violently. Well, he also killed the wrong person just because he was angry. Right. Exactly. There were a lot of issues. Right. He went to the dark side. Well... We shall see what happens and perhaps we'll revisit this topic in the future. In the meantime, if you have any suggestions for fictional women around the world or women around the world, you can email us or email us momstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at momstuffpodcast or on Instagram at stuffmomnevertoldyou. Thanks as always to our super producer, Christina. Thank you. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff I Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.